Welcome to the first ever feature on Mix and Match Radio. Tonight we're going to be reviewing the newly and very well just released Joker. This one's a doozy. It's been a very interesting evening. We have made a few mistakes. We have found at least one dog. <laughs> it's It's been a very odd evening. So, to begin... We were seeing Joker at 7 p.m. tonight. I bought the tickets on September 23rd because I looked at the receipt. And our showtime was at 7. We arrived promptly at about 6.55. And we got popcorn, used the bathroom beforehand like you would do for a premiere night. As we are entering the movie, I don't know how much y'all know about movie theaters, but typically they have two doors, one for the left side of the theater and one for the right. And so we decided to take the door on the left. As we were sitting down, or as we were approaching our seats, we realized that the movie had started. So We were a few minutes late. Yeah. Mind you that we had to get popcorn and everything. Yeah. We were a few minutes behind on time. Yeah. It was expected that we may, we may have been like a minute or two late to the actual beginning of the movie. Yeah, and so we were walking in. It, it seemed like it started running, and so we sat down. As, we, as the story of the movie progressed, we were curious as to why certain plot details certain were, elements of the movie felt very rushed we we felt as if uh, we were getting uh, some some things a bit too early and so my, our buddy preston who joined us on uh, to watch the movie he asked me he leaned in and was asking if we were in the right auditorium and i was I, I replied with yes, because that is what the usher told us. And the picture of the movie theater we were walking into said 7 p.m. Yes, Cole took a Snapchat photo. Did not po- post it, but besides the point. So, Mohammed and I are looking at each other because the movie just feels very rushed, and it feels as if we are out of time in the movie. We are, we, it feels like we jumped in late or something. But we were hopeful because we assumed that due to this being a very unique type of film that they were going to exploit a bunch of things and then flash back to what led to these points. We were wrong, very, very wrong. I asked Cole to ask the gentleman sitting next to him if we were in the right auditorium. And, and what time was it about this, probably? Like 7.40? 7 7.30-ish? 7.30, 7.40, 7.35. So I very awkwardly look at the man to my right and I kind of nudge him a little bit and I'm like sir you mind if I ask you a question and it mind you this is in a very pivotal, pivotal pivotal intense moment of the movie and I tap on him and I'm like what time did this movie start which I'm sure coming from a person sitting next to you in the same movie is a pretty odd question yeah. and he replies with 5:30 about 5:30 an hour and a half before our original start time. So we were two hours. We were in the wrong damn auditorium. The problem with this facility was that they had two doors for the auditoriums. However, the left door was for auditorium six. The right was for five, the one we were supposed to be in at seven o'clock. As we were going to the right theater, I looked at my phone and it was 742. And so we had missed about 30 minutes of the of our actual screening. And so it was a bit it was a bit uh infuriating, I'd say. Essentially, you're going to be getting a Joker review minus the opening 30 minutes. So please forgive us. Also, f- we're, we'll give you the review here in a second, but flash forwarding, we've watched the movie, we've talked and we were uh stepping out of uh, my car to enter Cole's garage. And as we were walking towards his house, a little cute dog comes Runs up. Runs up to us. And w- as we were driving into the neighborhood, we saw a couple walking their dog. Mind you, it's 1140 at night. It's yeah. pretty late. We figured, you know, this dog might just be the the dog that, or one of the dogs they were walking. Maybe they're looking for their dog. Maybe yeah, because they had a little light uh, on their on their uh, forehead strap. Yeah, a uh, like an excavation light. Yeah. yeah, like one of those things. Either way, 
we go and we find this couple and we ask them if they lost their dog or anything. They they say no and they say it might be so and so's whoever. Well, I decided to see if it was any of my neighbors. It happened to be my next door neighbor's dog who got out. Then we had to find the neighbor at midnight and get them to acknowledge that it was their dog. It was a whole mess. She was a very obedient dog. Very um, nice dog. Very nice, very sweet. We fed her water. She drank water. Very um, easy to get her on a leash. Shout Vin. out to Millie. I think that was the name. Millie, yes. Yeah. Shout out to you. And it, it's just been a very interesting night. First of all, seeing a movie without 25 minutes at the very beginning and just being as like out of place as I felt in the original movie theater that we walked into. No, see, I understand being late, man, because that has happened to me before, but just going to the completely wrong we theater. We essentially walked into the last act of the movie. And I was just assuming like an idiot that it was just going to flash back. And we were, me and Cole were both waiting for the part for it to flash we back. We were just waiting for a break for something to say six months prior to this. There was no break. We were just watching the end of the movie. Yeah. And so then by the time we got to our actual auditorium, I mean, there was a decent uh, portion of the movie left that we hadn't seen. But then it, uh, whenever the part arrived that we had sat in the wrong auditorium came, it felt a bit rushed the towards the conclusion of the film. The entire movie just kind of felt the a bit... The experience wasn't as... Uh, it wasn't what we expected. It wasn't uh, authentic, I guess yeah. you could say. It felt very just out of place. So but, before we get into the review and everything, it's just important to note that this isn't our... This will not be our typical style of review, this is more so a very scuffed and... We wanted to give you guys some insight as to why we are not providing a complete review. So, starting about 30 minutes into the movie, we are going to go ahead and pick up with our non-spoiler section and discuss extremely surface-level... Uh, surface-level... Just our general notices, impressions. General impressions of the movie. And then we will give you guys a severe spoiler warning when we get started on the actual content. So... Overall, what did you think of this film? No I, details being added. What did you think? I of thoroughly enjoyed it. I, as the critics and the reviews were saying, Joaquin crushed this role, and he was firmly committed to it, and you could see that in his character. Gotham was a very dark, gruel, chaotic uh, setting for this character to arrive in, and I thought it was done beautifully. It's a very different Joker than we are used to. I will say that. I agree. It is a different take on Joker. It's a different movie. It's not going to be something you're used to. Uh, of course, Heath Ledger played played a great Joker in The Dark Knight, the most one of the most infamous roles of all time. And I will not. I'm not going to compare those two as to as to who played the better Joker. They played a, a different Joker. It's a different version of Joker that so we're you seeing. You can't in this really movie. compare it. The movie as a whole, I actually loved especially watching it where I thought I was seeing the end of the movie before the beginning. Yeah. It felt like I was watching a Tarantino film for a few minutes where it was just really wonky and very oddly placed. But that outside of the point, I think the movie is beautifully done. The Cinematography s- was amazing. Soundtrack. The soundtrack of the movie was absolutely phenomenal. Probably my favorite part of the movie was the cinematography. The, one, the shots that were spe- specifically made to be yes. almost banners, when those shots were being filmed i guess the combination of the soundtrack that runs or that coincides with those shots is gorgeous it the movie itself creates a beautiful feel it's a very very well done origin story especially considering how most origin stories go especially for joker not typically having a origin story i i felt that this was done well i i 100 uh 100 agree However, I will say this. Do not go in with your ex- expectations being... Blown. Yes. Do, do not look at this as a movie where you're expecting a certain kind of greatness. You need to... Uh, we my, will explain later. My recommendation for those of you who haven't seen the movie yet is walk into it with an open eye to the degree of where you're appreciating it for what it is. It's a standalone Indeed. film... It's not a typical style Joker, and it's not a typical style antagonist movie. It's not really trying to feed into the bigger whole of the DC universe. It's its own singular film. But the movie, as its own singular as its own singular film, is incredible. I highly recommend it. 
I would definitely say Joaquin Phoenix has earned his ability to be in the Oscar talk of this year because I need to see the other movies too like as I mean other Oscar bait movies mm-hmm. to see where he stands but regardless it was a, it was a phenomenal performance He's on his behalf He's certainly in the conversation. Joaquin's always been a great actor. There's no question. No one's ever really uh, thought otherwise. He kills this role. That's yeah. the only thing you really need to know is that he absolutely blows this role out of the water. It's a very well done film, very beautiful film. It's it scares the hell out of you. It really does. There are some very oh yeah, very thriller moments in the movie that we'll discuss in a little bit. But overall, where do you rate this movie? We'll say initial reactions, even on a scuffed viewing where we didn't see the first twenty five minutes. On the scuffed viewing, where do you rate this movie? With one my, one my, out of a hundred. With my oh one out of a hundred. Wow. We're, that way you have some okay, malleability. With, with my scuffed viewing, I will give it a ninety. A ninety. That's a good rating because of what I missed. Because of what you missed, the 90s good. It's, uh, I, as a Joker movie, as a, I'll put it this way. I'm going to give it two different ratings. I'm going to say as a DC movie, I'm going to give it a 93. I'm going to give it a 93 as a DC movie because okay. I think it was very good. As an overall movie, we're going to go with like an 86. I think okay. I like an 86 because. I can understand that. Because I didn't see, and this is me watching on kind of a non-full review of the movie, but. Some parts of it just felt, and obviously some of it felt, felt off. I don't know. I think that some parts of it weren't as original as I was hoping for. And as me and Muhammad discussed, or Muhammad and I discussed earlier, I think the trailer may have played to too much of the movie a little bit. And I'm not going to go into which areas it was yet. But I think that I think they're a classic case of maybe showing just a little too much exactly. before they go into the movie. And I that's, agree. That's my one of my bigger critiques about the movie. But aside from that, I love the movie in general. Now, and obviously, these uh, our opinions will change once we get the opportunity to watch the whole movie we, correctly we, in the right auditorium. When we see the whole movie, I'm hoping I <laughs> I enjoy it a little bit more than I did this time. I hate that I didn't. I I felt like I shortcutted myself by walking into the wrong theater because I was really anticipating this, this film. This is our first featurette. It's a great trial. It's for a, what not to do. And for honestly, the next it should be pretty funny to the people listening. And, and I think it was a great story for y'all to hear. If y'all if y'all ever walk into the wrong movie theater and the movie feels like it's halfway over already, it probably is. You're in is. the wrong auditorium. It probably is. If you've just missed the entire origin story of something, just maybe check your tickets. Maybe walk outside and make sure you're in the right theater. Don't do what me and Muhammad did and just... Ex- Muhammad and I, oh my lord, but (laughs) just accept the fact that maybe it's a long intro, maybe it's a long whatever else. Unless you're in a Tarantino film, that is justified. If you're in a Tarantino film, anything that's happening is justified. You can watch a Tarantino film backwards and it delivers the same message. Yeah. So, with that being said, unless you have anything else to add for... I'm ready to go into the nitty gritty. Okay, so, this is your warning right here. Spoilers are coming up. One more time, spoilers are coming up. And finally, you said spoilers are coming up, right? I did. This is your final warning. This is where the spoilers begin. Three, two, one. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're in here now. All right. This movie, scenes. I think it was phenomenal. We're going to start with where we kind of picked, where we originally picked up on the actual storyline. We walk in and we see him talking to a mother. Yeah, to his mother is where we see him. Yeah, he's uh, bathing her, actually, yeah. which is a wicked like turn on things. I know she's sick and everything. Just a very – the conversation between the two of them, it's very weird. We can tell they have a very uh, strained relationship. Immediately off – that's the first thing you probably notice out of this, out of our timeline at least. Also, his mom is is like a – she praises um, Thomas uh, – Wayne, Thomas, Thomas Wayne, because she which used is to work for him. Bruce Wayne's father, for those of you that don't know, Bruce Wayne is Batman, for those of you who don't know. But um, that I think is, and the mom is the mom from uh, How I Met Your Mother. That's Barney's mom from How yeah. I Met Your Mother. That, yeah, that is very odd way to connect that. But yes, she's also been in American Horror Story and other things. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think she, I think that dynamic between the two of them was really interesting to watch. Oh yeah, because it kind of plays to the idea that Joker's world or. His name is Arthur Fleck. Fleck. Arthur Fleck, yeah. It plays to his entire world being all very skewed and weird. And She's a cause of it. Yes, and you find that out later in the film that her, not only her genetics, but her decisions with him growing up. With it's her, Arthur growing it's her up. like psychosis and then also 
one of her ex-boyfriends uh, basically abused Arthur, and she allowed it. And it was it was bad abuse. This isn't something as simple as a smack on the wrist or anything like that. It was very very vulgar. I mean, they said he that he tied him to a radiator. Is yeah, that correct. And yeah. I mean, it was reported in the news outlets in the movie too. Like they had uh, newspaper clippings in in her file whenever they went to Arkham. And it essentially looks like she just covered everything up. Yeah. That and she, he had no idea. That's pretty much what it is. What I think may have happened, and this is something that I'm kind of thinking of now, because all of that stuff being hidden behind at that point, and Bruce knowing who it is, and her working, and she said that he she adopted him while, or uh, Thomas Wayne said that Arthur's mom adopted him while he was yeah. or while she was working for him. What I wouldn't be surprised is that he found out about all this stuff, and Thomas probably helped cover it up. Oh, yeah. Or helped bury it a little bit. So Because Thomas immediately recognizes who he is. And I don't think you take nearly as much... If, if you're an employee of Wayne, sure, but I don't think he would remember you nearly as well as he remembered Arthur. Arthur's mom and Arthur. Because ver- the second the, the butler showed up to the gate... Even he knew who it was. The second he said Penny, he, he immediately, immediately knew who that clicked. was. So clearly, I think Wayne knew of what was going on especially with Arthur and that Arthur probably is a pretty messed up kid, which I mean, you're a pretty messed up man at this point because you had that type of mother because raising he you. knows what his mother was. And which is why basically Arthur's mom tries to paint this picture that Arthur being the Joker is Bruce or is a uh, Thomas Wayne's son that he's Bruce Wayne's brother. And they were, once, I guess. they were, they or were formerly lovers because Penny used to work for Thomas. And so, uh, her and, Thomas supposedly, from what she said, had a relationship, and then they had Arthur, and then it was hidden under wraps. And she's uh, later Arthur finds a letter that she had written, or she was getting ready to send to Th- uh, to Thomas, Thomas, uh, and it was just explaining how they need to be taken care of because of their living situation, and uh, stating that Arthur is his son. It's a very, very interesting dynamic that the whole movie works around itself where you yourself are spending time trying to figure out the validity to certain things that are being said by his mother. Mm-hmm. Because for a second there, you can it's believable. You know what I'm saying? It's believable that Thomas covered up maybe Joker being his brother. And no, you turned or something. You like gasped. Well, because well, me and Preston – or Preston and I shared a look between each other when – it showed that like your son, you that are, it's your son, yeah. Because that's like a huge reveal. Yeah, saying that the Joker and Batman, Batman's are, brother, or Joker is Batman's half brother is insane. So me and Preston and I like looked at each other immediately and we're just like, "What yeah. just happened?" That's like that's not a first of all, that's not a detail you drop. That's a ballsy letter. thing for like for a first introductory film for this character, you know? Yeah, to claim that he's a half brother of Batman is insane. So that was huge in itself, but without reading through the entire synopsis of that moment, it's all this movie is playing a what what appears to be a mental fight between Arthur and himself, where he has this very evil, um, kind of deni- sick, denial. demented version of himself he's that in, seems that's yeah. trying to work its way out he, to the forefront. He's trying to repress it. Yeah, and he, he's trying to spend his time repressing it because the movie shows nicer versions of Joker. But as the story goes on, his environment will not allow him. He keeps he keeps on running into instances where stuff keeps happening where the other version of himself makes a mistake and then that hurts. You know, it's almost I want to say it's almost like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, people with multiple split personalities, uh, schizophrenia. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so it's almost like he's schizophrenic in, in some regard where he's like one one version of himself is making mistakes that the other one has to pay for. There's a scene in the movie where he's a clown and he's dancing at a children's hospital. Something that is, and he's thoroughly enjoying it. He's enjoying it. It's a it's a very cool scene because it shows that there was a man to this monster. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's not like it's not like he was just always evil, but he's dancing around and stomping his feet and everything. And one of the times he stomps his feet, he has a gun on him. A gun slides out of the bottom of his pants. And everybody in the hospital room just stops. 
I, I mean, it's, I mean that's very traumatic for the kids. But in, pretty comedic in, moment in the scene, he just looks at the kids and he just puts his finger on his lips, telling them <laughs> not to tell anyone. Re- and, and being there are, oblivious there are to the nurses fact, yeah, in the room, being yeah, oblivious to that fact, completely ignoring the fact that other people are around. And you see how much it hurts him that he doesn't have the job anymore because he's talking to the. Like, I'm assuming it's his boss, mm-hmm. and he slams his head on the telephone uh, booth box Shattering and shatters the, the window. Glass. It's a very it, and he it, and he and that's, shows that's how much he wants the job. For his character. Yes, and that's where he starts to fall off the deep end a little bit. He is I can't remember when he gets back in the clown suit because no, he was in it already. He was in the clown suit. Yeah, he was taking. Was it the, the same sub- day? He, yeah, he's the same night. He's taking the subway so home after he gets fired. He hops on the subway on his way home, and these three Wall Street guys come on, and they're I guess they're making fun of this girl, throwing stuff they're at also, her or whatever else. They're belligerently drunk. And they're very drunk, and they start singing and making fun of and kind of pushing all Arthur around. And As far as what I took from what we were able to see, it seems that Arthur apparently has a condition where he, can, he can't control his laughter, and so he has an uncontrollable ur- uh, urge that causes him to laugh. I think it's when he's sad. And so, yeah, and sad so, or angry. And it, I think no, that's and just you like can his... see the pain mm-hmm. as he because he's trying to fight it. And it's the same thing with the scene where he's on the stage. Yeah, and he it, it's and he wants to cry, and you see his discomfort, and he's, just, and he's laughing, and he's trying to like cry. Yeah, but basically he's doing that uh, while the guys are hitting on the on the lady, and so they start coming towards him singing a song, and they're asking, they're saying, "What are you laughing at, freak?" And so. He can't really respond, and so then uh, I I don't remember what leads to them beating him, but basically they beat the crap out of him, and in a form and of it's self flashing. Def- it's flashing too. You got to remember yeah. they're on a subway, and the lights are flashing, and it's yeah. flickering. So you can only in the movie you can only see so much of the action that's going on. You see him getting kicked on the ground, and then all of a sudden, bang! It's very. I did not expect it. it really caught me off guard. Guy number one shot in the head. Like he he goes out immediately. Shot in the head. The next guy shot twice in the chest. Backs fall to the ground, and then another guy starts running. And this well, he scene, shoots the other guy in the but leg. He gets, but he gets away, and then and continue. he's and he's running away. And this scene is thrilling. This guy is shot in the leg. He's running away from Joker, and he's in the subway. But it's dead at night, and it's not in a good part of town. Remember, this is Gotham. Gotham is kind of a war torn area. If you know anything about Gotham. Or not a war torn, I guess, but you, you get my drift. But either way, he's running away from Joker, and Joker shoots him again, and he's trying to crawl up the stairs to get out of the subway. And he shoots and him again. J- Joker comes up and unloads the gun into his back, and it it immediately strikes that bone chilling down your spine attitude that Joker brings to the table. And the next scene. He, I think he starts. He's dancing or something. He's he goes to the bathroom. Yeah, because he's running away from yeah, the scene of the crime. Yeah, he goes yeah. to the bathroom. And he starts doing the dancing routine that he's done the entire movie. I think it's just a way of calming him down. I think that's like how Joker almost digresses from his insanity. You know what okay, I'm saying? I, that's took, like his, I took it as if he's relishing the moment. I th- I think that that dancing movement that he does, from where I read the movie as at least, is it seems like that's his way to move back down to his normal self. Like okay. as if he gets agitated and he jumps a level above to the Joker level, and that way of dancing is like it's almost like therapy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How he's working. I can see that he's working out his way, and he gets back because he gets back and he goes back inside. But he looks accomplished. This is the weird part because this is when he is transforming. This is the one of the more interesting uh, side plots to the whole movie is when he kills these Wall Street guys. The rest, of, some of Gotham views him as a hero they hold him up as if he's killing the rich and the guys that he kills are assholes and as it's not kind of a robin hood figure I exactly guess. it's not a big it, like they're they're uh praising him more yeah. so than looking at him as a villain and he loves it because he he says the whole what's the line he says he goes the world didn't see me but or i would walk past you every day but now you see me yeah it's a because he sees the guy in the taxi wearing the joker mask and that's when it clicks with him you know what I'm talking about? The, the, yeah, the, people are noticing him. That he's he's being held as an icon is what he, he realizes. And while this is all going on, there is a woman who is also uh, it's a, his, one of the residents. Next, it's his next door. She lives a couple uh, a couple doors apartments down, down, a couple apartments down in the same building. And so we're uh, we're thrown into this kind of relationship, I guess, that they have with each other because the second he uh, 
I think after he, it's murdered, in the elevator, isn't it? He walks into the that's elevator. That's when they make their first encounter. Yeah, and he and he does the little shoot in the head motion or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because she, uh, I guess, a guy said something to her, and she's pretending to blow her brains out, and so he does the same thing, but she's kind of freaked out about it. Because but, he does it in a very yeah. weird way. He, he he like laughs it off and he goes, ah, yeah. yeah. But then later we see him following her uh, as she's going to work and then they start talking and then she goes to one of his comedy shows and they're and starting to build a relationship. They basically develop a relationship. And it's very, it's very interesting to see the Joker's in a relationship. You know, it's this very evil man that's in a relationship. And after he kills those guys, he goes to her apartment and then he just, uh, they he kisses kiss. her. He immediately kisses yeah. her and it looks like they hook up after that. Cause the scene kind of cuts and it closes the door. So the Joker's in a relationship and it shows this split personality. He's got where one of his, he had, he has a personality, it's like a double life as if, yes, he has a personality that literally just killed three people on a subway. And he has another personality that's in a, a committed relationship. It's, yeah. It's very odd. And the movie can... And she, she even, uh, whenever they're walking down one of the streets, she was saying to him, I think he, I think he's the hero. Yeah, she because uh, he looks at a poster, a wanted poster yeah. or something like that. It, no, it's a newspaper. It's a newspaper yeah. that's talking about it. And she goes, I think he's a hero. It's good that he killed those three guys, three less evil people in Gotham or something like that. And, and he just smiles. He smiles. It shows that some people in the city are hailing him. They're viewing him as a hero. And this girl that he's dating is clearly one of them. Mm-hmm. And the movie continues to progress, and he's been talking basically throughout the story of the movie. He's been having meetings with this uh, psychologist, I guess is what you would call it, a doctor maybe. Yeah. At Arkham Hospital, is it? I, I think I don't think it was at Arkham. It was some, I think it was a government facility either, that he was uh, government to go funded. To. Either way, it clo- he was with the therapist. It closes, and he's talking about how they don't actually listen to him and everything, and you just see how. He's se- he, it's almost like he was he's saying all I have are negative thoughts. It, it's, his self-corruption is settling in. It's you're finally starting to see his other version of himself kind of yeah. accept the fact that he is evil. And it's it's so chilling to see him settle into his Joker role. Yeah. And he after this, he goes and he heads back home. He heads back home. And that's when he encounters his, or he he starts at this point. He starts dying his hair and stuff, everything, right? No, 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 no. no he gets a end. phone call. He gets a phone call, right? Well, I'm uh I, with his mom, right? Because she ends up going to the hospital. Yes, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. I'm getting a little off track here. His mom goes to the hospital, has a stroke, and he he keeps going back and forth. And he he had decided to take up comedy earlier in the movie, and there's a there's a tape being passed out around of him crying as the opening act it's a very embarrassing tape something that you'd see shared on social media nowadays it is uncontrollable laugh he he basically has an outburst during his performance and it's something that you would see shared around on social media these days and it's shared on a big talk show hosted by maury is right maury murray 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 and that's his and that's rob played by robert de niro yeah and he shares it on his show and he gets a call from the director of the show a few days later and asks, would you be willing to come on Murray's show on Thursday night or whatever? And he gets this kind of a weird taken back look because this is a, you have to realize this Murray guy is his idol. He has watched him since he was younger. And the story, and that's how the story is played out is it shows him watching Murray every single day. And then one day when he's in the hospital with his mom who just had a stroke, he sees Murray playing this video of him on his show, making fun of him. This is where it gets I love this shot. The shot where he's looking up at the TV and he's originally smiling because he thinks that yeah. Murray is like actually genuinely likes the performance and he's smiling that he's on TV and it's like a big moment for him and then it shows that Murray shift. is making fun of him and it just you see any any ounce of good that was left in him disappears at that moment. The moment that he sees his video on that television when he's next to his mom that just had a stroke, vanishes. He doesn't care about anything, and so he ends up walking back home in the rain, going into his girlfriend's apartment, and he just walks in, and then he's uh, sits down on the couch, and she's putting her daughter to bed. She comes out of the room, shocked with Arthur's presence, and she responds... You're, you're, you're Arthur. You're that Arthur guy. You live. You, you live a few doors down, and then we're sh- uh, shot back to all the instances the where mu- they're the, together. You need to note know the music here too. The music when she walks into the room stops. Yeah, stops for a second, and she goes. And the way she says, "You're Arthur," and she gets scared. And she's like originally scared. She goes, 
you, you get she goes why are you in my apartment you're arthur that guy down the hall you can tell that something's off and then the yeah. music starts to pick back up and it cuts back to all the other instances that they've been hanging out and it shows her and then it fades her out because he was just in his own head we were in arthur's head that entire time the the relationship didn't exist the entire it was a facade the entire exactly the the entire facade of this girl the 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 hallucination that she was there was just we it was a vision from within joker's own head and he walks out of the room and when he walks out of the room is the out of the entire movie this was the most like holy oh my god this guy is scary moment because yeah. he walks out of the room and the music it's the loudest moment of the movie by far is when he walks out the music jolts up mm -hmm. and he's walking to his room and this entire movie follows him with uh it's all it's backdrop shots where it shows him walking away from something yeah they do it multiple different times in this movie and it's a really dramatic walk that he does incredible my favorite my favorite uh transition of the whole movie by far even more so than the one that I'll mention here in a few seconds. But that cuts out. What you really need to know from now, from here on out, is there's a little bit of building character and everything. And he starts, at, he, he goes and he kills his mom, which isn't, isn't really that pivotal of a moment. He finds out he's adopted, finds out a bunch of other stuff about his past. But he goes and he kills his mom in the hospital. Very, very like, he, you can already tell he's, he's made, his up, made up his mind. He's he's embracing who he is now. Then he goes back to his own apartment, starts dyeing his hair, green hair dye, putting pops on out. the face paint, and then and the two of his buddies knock on the door. As the Joker is being created, two of his former clown coworkers knock on his door, and they start having a conversation because one of these coworkers sold Arthur the gun that he used to kill three and people the on a subway, him. and three people are questioning him. This guy is coming over to get his story straight. Arthur doesn't care. Arthur could care less about the story, could care less about these guys' presence here, could care less about the fact that there's two of them. Arthur has a pair of scissors in his back pocket. And Arthur pulls out those scissors, and it's no longer Arthur. This is where the Joker is embraced Joker, the Joker is Joker, and the Joker looks like Joker. But... During that scene, also there's a uh, the the guy accompanying the other guy who was stabbed. He is just quivering in the corner, being uh, like not noticing Arthur. And Arthur responds, "You can leave." Well, no, you got to understand, we're missing an entire part here. He has the sit when he gets the scissors. Most brutal moment of the entire movie. Probably the reason it's rated. Well, I mean, there's more than one reason it's rated R, but the, definitely the most brutal movement in the entire movie. I'm not even going to tell you what happens because, actually, I mean, if this is a spoiler section, we'll go ahead. He stabs the guy in the eye and then shoves his head into the wall. Just bashing and it. bashes the scissors more. It's the Because he was already dead with the scissors. It's the freakiest scene, and the other guy is freaking, the, the little guy who's in the room is freaking out. It's, a, it's just terrifying, and he sits down. Uh, the Joker does at this point. I'm not even going to refer to him as Arthur at this point. I think Arthur is dead at this point, dead and gone. The Joker sits back down, leans up against the wall, and is just he, – he looks calm, like collected. It, like He just knows what he's already done. And then he looks at the guy and he goes, you can leave. I would never hurt you. And the guy's like freaking out. And, and so the, he's going towards the door. And he's going towards the door. Well, this guy is a shorter person. I guess the correct term to use would be dwarf. Am I accurate in saying that? I genuinely hope so. But he cannot reach the doorknob. Very funny scene right there. Very scary because scene. Because Arthur puts the lock on the door as, uh, as his buddies are entering in the apartment before. Which is kind of a insinuating precursor. That, like, he knew what he, yeah. knew what he was going to do. He didn't care what the guy was going to ask. He didn't care why they were coming. But yeah, that Arthur, dude was dying. Arthur basically... <laughs> Goes to the door, helps his friend out, and then closes the door, and then he tells his friend, you were the only person ever nice to me. And then he lets kisses him... Kisses him on the head. Yeah, and kisses then, him on the forehead, and then he lets him leave, and then boom. And that's... We are sent into full Joker, in, because he transitions, walking down his hallway. Gorgeous, gorgeous 
cinematography in the next few minutes of scene right here before he actually takes the main That's really stage. when the movie, the tone, the uh, it lightens up because it's very gray and dim beforehand. But as you see, have you ever seen Limitless? Yes. Have you, you know when he when takes he the takes pill, it, it gets the colors it's get similar brighter. To that. It's similar to that. Yeah, because Arthur has come into his own. This is where the first time Not even where Arthur, both, the yeah, Joker well, it's is the alive. first time both of his personalities are the same. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's the it's the very first time you see his his fight is over, and the Arthur side didn't win. The Joker yeah. side prevailed, and as he gets into the elevator, and I can't name the rock song that's playing when he I does. Don't know it. Very famous rock song. I need to know. He's going down. He goes into the. He's going to the Maury show, and the cops at this point. He starts doing okay. So from the trailer, there's the very famous dance where he's dancing on the stairs, and it's the same type of dance that he was doing at the very beginning of the movie. And it cuts up to the cops, and the cops are just looking at him like, "What the hell?" <laughs> but I and think then they try to stop. Well, that's him. I think the cops are for the first time understanding that that's the man that killed those three guys on the subway. Yeah, and he goes. And the cops go, Arthur, we need to talk. And there's a big chase scene. He gets hit by a taxi. A bunch of stuff happens. Flash forward. Well, no, I, I mean, he gets. Are we going to talk about the subway scene? Oh yeah. When he runs, yeah, the yeah. really cool scene is when he's on the subway. Which there's a riot at the very end of this night where it's a bunch of jokers or a bunch of people They're dressed up like rally. Joker. They're heading to the rally. And so Joker gets. And this is not definitely not an original scene. This has happened in several other different films. Something similar to it at least. And they hop on the train and they're looking for each other. The cop, well, the cops chasing him, kill a random dude <laughs> because he's in because, the way. Because he's in no, the way. No, but no, there he's assaulting. Him. Well, I mean, he, he attempts yeah. to take his gun, and they kill a random guy. And even the cop goes, "What the f?" Like, meaning, what is going on? It's, and then it's something everyone, that Gotham, Gotham has never seen. Like, this is just the city is essentially about to burn. And then everyone just go like just goes in on the cop, and then the doors open complete mania oh something maybe you want to note about these cops these cops were on the phone questioning arthur's mom when she had the heart attack mildly important information but they're beating the crap out of the cop the two cops on the ground arthur looks at them dances and then heads to the murray show this is the scene that the entire trailer the entire movie is really built around just about he is meeting he's in his dressing room and on his on his on the mirror it says put a smile on your face in lipstick i guess is what yeah. he says and murray walks in to talk to him and he's in his full joker attire at this point he has been for a minute and murray says and he's they're kind of just talking to each other and about all this and the i guess the assistant director of the show whoever manages the show live is telling him that they shouldn't run with this Arthur's kind of crazy with the climate in the town Inspiring. being inspiring. Well, with the climate in the town being what it is, the last thing anybody wants to see is a clown on the show. And Murray just says, "No, we're gonna go with it. It's gonna be fine." But listen, we don't do X, X, and these jokes. We don't talk about stuff like this. And they go, and he stops. And the very famous line, and this is probably gonna be the most famous line from the movie, is, uh, "Could uh, can you introduce me as Joker?" And it's kind of like, well, what's wrong with your name is what the guy says. And he says, well, you you talked about you called me a joker when I was on your show. And they go on and they go on the stage. Very cool scene where they're talking back and you see the Joker go on a whole rant about society, about how society doesn't care about the mentally ill and that this is the reason why all this is Arthur's happening. A, Arthur's a product of what society has instilled upon it, everyone. Exactly. That the Joker has been created because of the mistakes of society. And originally, the Joker was going to go onto this show to kill himself live. That's the important part to note about this Because he was thing. prepping for he it. He was prepping to go in there and just... And without being too blunt about it, but to blow his head off, essentially. Yeah. Blow, and kill himself on live TV to show that he is a product of it. But Murray, in the middle of the perform, or in the middle of the interview, responds with, "Not all people are bad," and he, and he goes, "I can tell you that for a fact." And then Joker responds with, "You're bad," and he goes, "You don't know anything about me and all this stuff." And he goes, "How about one more joke? What do you get when you cross a mentally cross Ill. the mentally ill with a insane society or something like that?" And then he shoots Murray in the head on live television. He shoots him three times. Or twice. He shoots him once in the head, and then everybody freaks out, and he gets up and shoots him in the chest again. Yeah. An insane scene, but... And then later we see him being escorted 
by the cops. He's in the back of the cop car and just total pandemonium Chaos. across the entire city. And the city everyone's is in burning. Joker masks. The city too. is burning. Everyone's I think that's in important. Jo- everyone's in Joker masks, and it's extremely important to note because of the next thing that happens. We see everybody. These we see the city burning. We see Gotham on fire. Everyone is in Joker masks, just essentially destroying the city. And then we see three people without masks leaving a movie theater. Those three people are the Waynes. They walk in the famous scene when they walk into an alley. They're walking out of the mask of Zorro. <laughs> yes, they are walking out into an alley, and then a Joker praiser follows them in the alley, kills the Waynes aside from Bruce. And then you get the pearl scene where she where he rips yeah. off the pearls. And the Joker created Batman is the hammer home method of this, where it's showing that while society created Joker, Joker created Batman. So it's it's like a pendulum thing where every every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know what I'm saying? Because society was brutal to Arthur, and they, he got kicked around a lot for most of his life, and then he responded with. I'm going to burn your city to the ground. But in doing that exact act, he created the hero that is going to eventually stop him. Yeah. Really cool addition to the movie. I like that they didn't let Bruce Wayne be a focal point in this movie. As I mean, he's in oh, it for yeah. a few minutes. That's why the scene, honestly, usually when we see that, that iconic scene of his parents being murdered, it's very drawn out. But it was it was done fairly quick and it was very fast it was like 30 seconds at the most where it was on screen it was done almost before it started i like how they did it it's a very minute detail and it definitely does not take any attention away from what's going on yeah the parallel that they run though where it shows bruce's face and then immediately cuts to joker's face on the cop Mm -hmm. car at that point is awesome yeah that that little it's a like a one second transition where it just shows that they're connected to each other yeah it's really cool, especially for comic book fans, anybody out there, or anybody that really keeps up with a Joker-Batman story, how it's just a really cool little thing. But And then after that, we cut back to the Joker rising from his what we saw as kind of his downfall whenever the car crashes, but he comes back up. Everyone stops what they're doing. Everyone stops riding, and then they're just praising this man. And it's a it's a very almost Jesus parallel. I want oh, to yeah. say it's definitely like a like a, uh, that's what almost as if he's their savior. Yes, and he stands up, and what does he start doing? Starts doing his dance, the same dance he's done the entire movie. What and that that's the Joker. And so see, that's why I don't necessarily agree with your therapy statement with his dance because would make not, sense. He's throughout not trying the, to calm yeah. down throughout the, whenever he does that. It's more along the lines that, like I said before, he's relishing in it. He is he's enjoying he's coming the into his own. I that would make sense, especially after thinking of it that way and noticing that he did it as many times as he did throughout the movie. Because I do agree that is when he is at mo- uh, he is at peace, whenever he is dancing. But it's not necessarily to calm him down. It's more so of him. He he's embracing his his own self. There we go. I mean. But outside of one little therapy clip at the very end of the movie, that's just about everything. In what Nutshell synopsis? Very, very thorough synopsis. I think that for those of you that came looking for spoilers, I think that pretty much classifies what everything. You got your spoilers. Yeah, that my one gripe, man, with this film. We talked about it in the car. Um. The trailers basically showed us the whole movie. However, that that's why we kind of told y'all not to expect too much from this because you guys basically got what you saw in the trailers if you watched all of them. And so I'm not saying by any means that diminished it. However, it kind of it didn't feel as gripping as it could have for me. The performances and everything were stellar. However... I, I guess I wasn't impacted as much because the trailers, once again, man, the trailers gave off 
too much for me. And DC is really bad about that. We talked yeah. about that too. DC has always had an had a tendency to show, and it's not like they show way too much. It's just a little too much. Pinnacle plot points were shown, such as uh, me and Cole agree. We we wished that whenever he was telling Murray to introduce him as Joker, that was just saved for the movie rather than being in the trailer. I wish that I honestly wish they kind of downplayed maybe Murray's importance in the movie. Maybe yeah. show maybe show Robert De Niro as like a because they showed him clowning him. Yeah, know? it showed him. They showed just too much. I think what would have been better is if they focused less on less on Joker in the trailer mm-hmm. and more on Arthur, because they had there were several moments with Arthur yeah. you could have shown to where they it wanted wasn't. people in the seats though. So that's kind of yeah. Why. I mean, it's the marketing tactic. I just I guess maybe maybe I, my better judgment would just be not watch the trailers yeah that's i agree that's a hard thing to not do but i think as far as this movie goes i thoroughly enjoyed it but i know i definitely would have enjoyed it a lot more if i saw the whole thing yeah i can agree it's very interesting watching a movie at the watching the very end of the movie and then watching halfway through the movie till the end of the movie but never actually seeing the very beginning just weird. It, it, it's, it, we're, we were lost the entire time, honestly. I mean, I was able to. You can put together pace, most but, yeah, of it, but I, I there was a hole. It just, I wouldn't say we were lost more so than it just felt off the entire. Yeah, it didn't the, feel complete. The entire. That's a good way of saying it. The entire movie just felt not really. And it felt more rushed for me personally. The I mean, the second when we got into the other theater, it really felt like ten minutes. It. it does that make sense? Like, yeah. The se- when we sat down for the second time, the rest of the movie that we saw just felt really short. Yeah. Felt very... Just rushed. Rushed and incomplete. Yeah. And kind of dissatisfying where I didn't... I, I don't... I didn't feel like the way I normally do when I watch a movie. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where, I, where I'm in like... I'm appreciating the way it transitions. I... My far far and wide, my favorite thing about this movie was the cinematography I, yeah. aligned with the soundtrack. Joaquin was great, and I loved his performance in this, but even his performance didn't stand. It stood out to me, but it didn't stand above yeah. the, the visual and audio performance just by the way the movie was directed. Yeah, I can agree The direction, that. I guess I can just say, is the best part of this We promise to you guys that we will, from here on out, with these featurettes, we will watch the whole movie when giving these reviews. My bad. Yeah, that is a minor error on our part. This is probably something that won't happen again. However, it's kind of mix and match Max's job to mess things up a little bit every once in a while. That way you don't have to. If anything, this is an idea that maybe just every once in a while before you walk into a movie, make sure you're in the right theater. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty decent idea. Just be like I guarantee you if we have Braden there, we get the right theater too. I was thinking, I was wondering if if we had that extra person if they would have caught it. I know? bet if we had I bet if Braden went to the movie, I bet he Cuz I just it. started heading towards Braden's that door. Braden's pretty detail oriented, so like that yeah. <laughs> that would not surprise me if he was like, "Guys, we're in the wrong theater." He probably wouldn't even have made the stake to begin with, but I figures the one time he's not here, I actually give him credit for something. <laughs> Well, if he listens, maybe he'll he'll be happy that that. Well, I mean, I don't think he'll listen until he sees Joker. Yeah, I hope not. If any of you are listening to this and haven't seen Joker, you're doing a disservice to yourself. That's not my fault. But I mean, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything like this? Um, that's our Joker review. Uh, if if you guys want to, I guess my if I did a rating out of one from ten, it would be a nine out of ten for me. Rating out of ten, I'm giving it. I'm uh, based off of my scuffed viewing. I'm going an eight. Okay. I don't want to do a one out of ten re- reviewing. I just I think it's closer to an eight than it is to a nine for me. Okay. At, at, at least on a nine out of ten scale. Yeah. It's definitely closer to an eight than it is. For I'm a definitely going to watch it again. Hopefully. I, I will. I will see that movie again. I enjoyed the movie far and wide enough to yeah. see it again. Absolutely, especially considering I didn't see the whole movie. But it was incredible. I respect. Uh, I respect uh, Joaquin Phoenix's work. And, and he provided us with a very different Joker. Yeah, and that's that's if anything, if nothing else, it's a unique movie. It is certainly not something that we have gotten before. You guys, I, I'm gonna say this because I didn't go in at it with this perspective, but you can't go in to this movie thinking that he's going to top Heath Ledger or vice versa. Yeah, and I'm, I, I like I said at the very beginning, I don't necessarily think that you can compare the two yeah, because of how drastically different the movie is and the roles are. 
the Joker you see in the Dark Knight, as mentioned earlier, is a lot more. It's less developed in the sense that it, it's more of a. It's a one-dimensional character. He he. Does said, that make sense? In in the Dark Knight, it's in a, a very. Sense, I agree. It's a very greatly played role and there you can see the maniacal sense behind Heath Ledger's performance and you can see that he actually is the Joker he said it himself in the film he was saying that he called himself an agent of chaos yeah it it doesn't matter how he got there it's just that he is present and he is the obstacle that you're facing yeah which is what I meant by one-dimensional that's not a that's not ragging on yeah no I know I know what you mean that's just me saying that he he did not have he wasn't a multi-purpose role in the in uh, Batman, outside of the fact that maybe he was Batman's in temptation in the Dark Knight, yeah, he was the one thing pulling Batman to the dark side, quote unquote, where he like he was the one person that Batman really just wanted to kill. Yeah, and he he wanted Batman to break his one rule. That was that, the was, whole, his that was his whole purpose. Because that's the that only would, reason he yeah. did anything. Is that it didn't matter how many hospitals he blew up or how much money he threw out onto. Well, that's uh, why burn. there's this scene where he yeah. just burns millions of dollars he doesn't care he just wants he just wants to be the person to break people if i had to rate one over the other in between the two jokers as much as i wish we could beat it i don't think you're beating heath ledger i agree i just i and mainly because we got the scuffed viewing too and that's a scuffed viewing sure but at knowing the dark knight as well as i do and knowing how villains are typically portrayed i don't think you beat that performance not not unless you get something that's just outstanding and that's not because that. he that's not because he died i i would say the exact same thing if he had survived the experience with the joker i just think that that the role he plays is you can feel the insanity and does that make sense yeah or, I, I you can almost not tell that he's acting it's it's yeah it's insane but Either way, we're not talking about a Dark Knight review. This was a yeah. Sorry, we were trying to make our closing statements and then went off on a tangent. Regardless, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the movie. I hope you enjoyed the feature. I know it was a bit scuffed. It's probably more of an episode than a feature. <laughs> well, it's fifty minutes. We're shorter than the most time, but okay. either either way, uh, they might be shorter. So expect yeah. It, this next, we'll. Th- it's just been a really wonky day. We'll fix it up a little bit. But either way, I hope you guys enjoyed the feature. If you guys want to see stuff like this in the future, please let us know. Um, maybe if you guys have anything that you guys will want us to review let us know that's a good idea actually yeah if you want us to see a certain movie and review the certain movie or tv show maybe we're not going to read a book and it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to be a movie in theaters either either it can be a we can do a netflix review or something yeah that could be fun either way but um yeah this is a feature not a very good one apologies for the scuffedness of everything and i hope you guys enjoyed it but we'll be back sunday with an official episode Muhammad, you won't be here for that one. I, I will understand. not be present for Sunday's episode. I have other uh, obligations. I have other obligations to take care of, so I apologize. So then, Brayden and I will be back Sunday talking about something that doesn't really matter enough. But <laughs> either way, hopefully, we'll get the full cast on here a little bit more often than we have as of recently. But appreciate the listens. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, feature. But we'll be back Sunday. See y'all next time. What you got to say? Everyone, put a smile on your faces. Good ending.